This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, time for us to have a little chat with Richard Zussman, our global news reporter over in Victoria. And I have to tell you this morning, Richard, that sounds like you've got some competition. For what? What uh, happened you, to me? Your new oh, cooking I show. Talking, I yes. know what you're talking about. <laughs> I checked out your cooking show with your daughter the other day, and it was fantastic. But I was reading this morning that there's other people across the country. Like, have you read about Mary Janet McDonald? No, tell me about that. I thought you were going to say my competition is, was my daughter, and I was saying well, there's no competition. She's clearly the star, <laughs> but tell me about Mary Jane McDonald. Mary Janet McDonald is from uh, Port Hood, Nova Scotia. Her family loved her cinnamon buns, so they were like, Mom, you should try doing this cooking show on Facebook Live. So she was like, all right, kids, I'll do it. You know, what parent <laughs> doesn't get finagled into that? Um, and her cinnamon bun recipe is so popular, it's now been viewed something like 60,000 times. So now she's got a regular Amazing. online cooking show. I think you should do this too. And maybe her chief medical health officer will throw her a shout out at some point. Yes, we, I got saw ours, we got ours yesterday. <laughs> Dr. Bonnie Henry said she'd watched Bailey on the cooking show, which was very cool to see. And obviously this stems from uh, the chief medical health officer saying last week that one of the things you can do over the long weekend is host an online cooking show. So it was really fun to do. Uh, we will do another one, Simi. I don't think we will ever be as popular as the cinnamon bun lady. Oh, but that but was a great recipe. I got to watch that so I can make those cinnamon buns. But you guys were making some good stuff too. So I look forward to that. Um, yeah, let's... We have, we're all set for what we're doing on Friday. I'll just, we'll talk oh. again on Thursday about it, but we got a good one set up for Friday. All right. I want to hear about this then on Thursday. But let's talk about TransLink right now because we're going to be talking to Jonathan Cote coming up a little bit later. Uh, they sound like they are in deep trouble. They are $75 million a month worth of trouble, Simi. And Ooh. this uh, is now TransLink is asking for emergency relief funding from the federal and provincial governments to offset those losses. So, you know, a number of changes have been made at TransLink because of the pandemic, including making the buses free to allow for backdoor entry. Obviously, ridership is also substantially down because of the pandemic. And so the transit provider... Uh, is hemorrhaging cash and says it needs emergency funding from both higher levels of government in order to ensure that it can continue to provide services uh, during the pandemic. Seabus uh, is still running, uh, SkyTrain is still running, West Coast Express still running, all of them way below normal as well as the buses which are running for free for people. And so TransLink says we need some additional financial support in order to continue providing services. So the question that will be had is what sort of services does transit continue because obviously these losses are not sustainable uh, and also the province and the federal government will want to provide some sort of financial support but you know the bills will start adding up considering 75 million here you know the city of Vancouver asked for 200 million they got turned down but all the municipalities will start asking for money as well so the province and the federal government are going to have to be picking and choosing what gets funding and how much. And so part of that is going to have to be some sort of service reduction during the pandemic and what that looks like. We just don't know yet. Okay. So that uh, we'll have to talk to more about them with that, but I guess it reminds me then of the next thing we were going to talk about, which is the BC ferry situation, because if you reduce transit, then do you make transit busier? And that's the problem that we've been seeing with BC ferries. So the question that people had with BC ferries. Yeah, and so that's a good question. And so it will be about for TransLink figuring out, you know, what routes they can cut down on in order to ensure 
that they don't have issues where people cannot physically distance on board. There will also be questions around, you know, how do you ensure that people keep working and how many people can they keep working? That was one of the issues at ferries. And as you mentioned, ferries was required by the federal government to cut its capacity in half in order to ensure physical distancing. Obviously, there's a lot more room on a ferry than there is on a bus. And with the ferries, many people can stay in their vehicles to ensure the physical distancing takes place. But for the larger issues of ferries, Dr. Bonnie Henry said actually things went pretty well over the weekend, that there was a lot made of some busy ferries arriving in remote communities. And I I get it. I get it for these remote communities, how concerning that can be even to see a few dozen people arrive because the the healthcare infrastructure in those communities is just not built uh, for an influx of people. And if there is a COVID case as part of this, it could really overwhelm the system. But uh, Adrian Dix, the health minister, provided numbers yesterday Uh, which were quite amazing in terms of the huge reduction in the number of travelers this Easter weekend compared to the last Easter weekend. Uh, It was like 10% of last year's travel, like such a massive drop uh, because, you know, people did get the advice. So in 2019, there were 173,284 travelers on Easter long weekend on all the ferries. And this year, it was 14,633. Wow. Okay, that is uh, quite a stark difference there, Ian. So what are they planning to do about the transit situation? Yeah, so the question is we don't know yet. This ask just came out uh, early this morning from TransLink. We will likely hear something from the provincial government today uh, and potentially from the federal government as well. But I know this is something that uh, the John Horgan government is grappling with to figure out how to ensure that services are provided while uh, also ensuring that you know the money is well spent people are struggling obviously there's money is being spent by the province but it can only go so far and it depends how deep a hole you want to dig yourself and so the province is grappling with this and working closely with the mayor's council and with translate to figure out what possible solutions there are to find a balance in terms of emergency funding service being provided but also not having you know, an, too much service provided in order to uh, continue to incur some yeah. of those losses. Okay, and we should talk about school starting for some yeah. kids uh, today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, so the sense we're getting is that today uh, classes are being opened in some places in the province to those essential workers, the kids of essential workers, as well as some of the most vulnerable. And this has been one of those um, important steps for the province. And Dr. Bonnie Henry spoke about this at her Uh, of media availability yesterday around how her priority with the schools was always to ensure that the most vulnerable still received some of the support needed as well as the kids of essential workers so those essential workers could go to work. So it's taken a bit of time to ensure that the schools uh, were set up to have some sort of in-classroom education and Mm -hmm. so that is starting today. But uh, there's also sort of the larger picture of many students uh, now have their work sent to them from their teachers. And so a lot of kids at home will be starting up with schooling today if they haven't already. Uh, We received our learning package last Thursday with the intention that it would start today after the Easter long weekend. So uh, Bailey, our uh, grade three, will start doing some work uh, today as part of that package. So a lot of British Columbians are doing learning 
uh, but a lot of it is being done, or some of it is being done, a very small part of it is being done in class for those most vulnerable. And, and Dr. Henry spoke again about how important that part of right. the decision around uh, closing the physical schools was. And I guess that's also a bit of an experiment, though, isn't it? Like, if we can see how things go for this small group, that might help us lay the groundwork. Yeah, it, it, that's a great question, Simi, and you're exactly right. And Dr. Henry was asked about sort of re-entry to the real mm-hmm. world, and it's still far too early to tell when we may start seeing these restrictions lifted and a return to normalcy. Uh Dr. Henry said, we're at least a number of weeks away from that, but conversations are taking place in terms of what that looks like. And she laid out a number of things school-specific around, you know, ensuring that spread doesn't happen within schools, ensuring that students are safe, ensuring that the learning is productive in terms of the timing. So those are all things that are being weighed. Mm -hmm. And obviously... Uh, the advice will be taken from the chief medical health officer, but there will be questions as well because te- schools obviously involve a lot of substantial stakeholders around teachers and administrative staff and principals. And so those conversations will take place. It, it, mm-hmm. yeah, I, the goal still is to try to have some sort of in-school class by the end of the school year. That That's what they're trying to do, but right. it will be dictated by the virus, by how we're doing in BC, how other jurisdictions are doing, how we can control the spread, and that will ultimately be up to Dr. Bonnie Henry and her team to decide. But they are still looking at possibilities of having something in the right. schools this year if it works. It's far from a guarantee, but it's still something that's uh, being worked on. All right, Richard, thank you. Thanks, Simi. We'll talk to you on Thursday. That is Richard Desmond, our global news reporter in Victoria.